Good evening, Res Life. Good to be here. My wife, Jane, is with me tonight. Uh, she doesn't normally get to come with me on Wednesday night, so we've had a good day. We came over here, went shopping a little early. I got to see my Res Life shirt. So I just, like, you know, we went to one of our favorite stores here, and we loaded up. We loaded up. I got up to the counter. I'm like, hey, you recognize me? I'm Pastor Bernie from Res Life. You know, you guys know me. Just put this on my charge card. It was perfect. We had a great night. A lot of fun. Good to be here with you. And tonight, I want to talk to you. With it being Wednesday night, I thought I want to talk to you about something that will take you deeper. Because I know if you come to church on Wednesday night, you're not messing around. You're serious about church. You're serious about loving the Lord. And if I said to you tonight, just this little phrase, if I said to you, how's your devotions? If I said, how's your devotions going? In your mind, I'm thinking, you think about a couple of things. You think about your Bible reading and your prayer life. When somebody says, how's your devotions? You think in your mind, have I been reading my Bible? Have I been praying? And I want to show you something that happened to me 30 years ago. It's the reason there's a winning at home, the ministry that I lead. It's the reason it exists today. It's the reason I have the privilege of coming here with Pastor Bernie and Pastor Duane preaching at Res Life because of what happened to me 30 years ago. And it pushed me past just seeing devotions as having my Bible reading time and having my prayer time. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, driving over here, I know that some of you in this room won't be committed to doing the thing I talk about tonight. You won't. Because it, it, it's really hard. And I'm going to tell you my story of getting there and how hard my story is. In the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 27, if you want to just look at this verse, in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 27, the word of God says this, my sheep listen to my voice. That's all it says. My sheep, watch this, listen to my voice. Now, listening is not praying and it's not reading. Listening is sitting quietly in the presence of the Lord, asking him, speak to you. Now, this concept isn't foreign in Eastern cultures. In Eastern cultures, you know as well as I do a lot of meditation. And so when you say something like listening to God there, it's like, oh, okay, I can do that. And here in America, we are running, man. I ain't no time to sit down and listen. If you saw somebody just going, hmm, you'd be like, lazy. Because <laughs> we got to be going. We got to get our move on. And that's why I read my Bible and pray, and that fits in with it. Yep, I've been doing it. I was really busy today, but I had time to get my verses in. I had time to pray. I was really busy, 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 but I had time to do it. And if I said, well, did you take any time just to sit like still and not do anything? What? That doesn't make sense. So when I was about um, 28, 29, I was a youth pastor, and I knew at that point in life, I knew everything about God and ministry that would ever be known. 28, I knew it all. And one day this lady who I greatly respected, greatly respected, I was a youth pastor, working at a church. She walked up to me and she said, if I give you this book, will you read it? If I give you this book, will you read it? Now, you guys know, because we preach from it all the time, this is the book. Let's not get confused when people come up and talk about their books. Their books ain't nothing. This is the book. The Bible is the Word of God. This is it. So if you read any book, this is the book. 
But when this lady asked me if I would read this book, I thought to myself, I can read that. I'm a Dr. Seuss kind of guy. My wife reads novels. We were just in Florida, and, and we were down there enjoying the time, and she just read book after book after book. I'm Dr. Seuss, man. Give me a cat and a hat. So when the lady handed me this book, I'm like, I can read that. I can enjoy that. And so she gave it to me, and I want to tell you, this book, other than the Word of God, I'm, I'm telling you, this book has most shaped my life, and you're going to see why as I share it with you. Because this book called God Guides, it's all it is, it's 40 pages, taught me how to listen to God. I was good at praying. I was good at reading my Bible. I had never even heard. I grew up in the church. I grew up going to three services every week. I had never even heard of sitting quietly and listening to God. So the lady said, will you read this? And I said, sure. So I took it. And I, um, I have time tonight to almost read the whole book. I'm not going to. I'm going to read you one of the first things I read. The lady who wrote it, her picture's coming up on the screen. Her name is Mary Gee, okay? I want you to see this because this lady, this one, she was a little younger. She was a missionary to India, just like Mother Teresa, except she been, didn't become famous. And she started several orphanages in India, okay? So you got to get this lady, think about where she lived, outdoor grass huts in, in a room. She slept in a place that had a roof over it with poles, but no like walls and all that. It was just an open air place. And so I get this book and I start reading about this lady and it's her life over there, over there. And she wrote, one of the first stories she writes, right, I'm just going to read it to you. She said, I determined I would learn to listen to God. She talked about how a guy told her she needed to do this. So she said, I began to listen to God and told him I would obey whatever he asked of me. There were so many things that needed solutions in my life. She said, one of them was, I had friction with a colleague at work. Don't raise your hand, but can y'all get in on this? She said, the woman I had friction with had 10 children and often was too sick to come to work and I felt myself building a grudge against her. Because orphanage, she's caring for kids. The other lady who's supposed to show up and help her isn't showing up, she's getting irritated. One morning early, I asked God to give me guidance on how to love her. And in my heart, I felt he said, take her an egg. Did y'all hear that? She said, in my heart, I felt he said, take her an egg. She said, my first thought, well, that's got to be God because I never thought about an egg. <laughs> A dozen eggs, she said, I thought to myself would be reasonable, but taking somebody one egg, that would be an insult to show up with one egg. So I wrote it off and decided that seems silly. I went to school to teach my classes that day at noon. I decided to run home and get a little something to eat. When I walked in my house, there in my large armchair in the living room was a chicken. And she said, while I watched, that chicken laid an egg on my couch. And she said, dear me, this has never happened before. That must be God. I got to take that woman an egg. She said, but I still felt foolish about taking somebody an egg. 
but I decided I'll do it. She said, so I took this egg and I walked over to her house and I was fortunate because her little boy was outside and I gave it to him and told him to take it into his mom. And then I left. That evening, she said, the mom came to my door and said, why'd you bring me an egg? And she said, well, this morning I was praying and I felt like that's what God told me to do. And the lady said, well, what you didn't know was with all my kids, I haven't had any food for a while. And I was so hungry. And that egg just filled me up. I read that story and I'm 28. And I went, serious? Are you serious? Who does that? So that lady named Mary Gee was 90 years old and living in a nursing home not far from the church where I was a youth pastor. And I said to myself, I'm going to go see her. So I got in my car. I drove to that nursing home. I walked in. I had my little book with me. And I went up to the lady at the desk and I said, is there a Mary Gee in this nursing home? She said, there sure is. And I said, where's she at? She said, right down there, whatever, you know, 103B or whatever. And so I walked down the hall. I, I knocked on the door. Mary? She said, yes, come in. 90. I'm 28. I know everything. <laughs> and I walked in and I said, Mary, my name is Dan Seaborn. I'm, I'm a youth pastor in the area. I just got this book. And I've been reading it. Did those things really happen? Because it's story after story of the story I just read you. It's, it's over and over and over how God told her to do something so simple. And she did it, and God blessed it. And I said to her, did that stuff really happen? She said, well, sure it did. And I said to her, I wish I could hear from God like that. And she said, have you ever tried? And I said, no, ma'am. I don't know how. And even if I did hear him, I wouldn't know if it's him. And she said, well, what's your devotions like? And I said, I read my Bible and pray. And she said, have you ever sat quietly and listened? And I said, no. She said, would you try? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I'm going to give you an assignment. I said, okay. She said, I want you to pick the day of the week. I don't care what it is, but I want you to pick one hour out of every week where you take that same day and you go sit by yourself in total silence with a piece of paper and a pad paper and a pencil in your hand, and I want you to write down what you hear. And I was like, okay. I picked 5 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Five o'clock on Tuesday morning, we had a sanctuary about the size of this sanctuary. I went in it by myself. I just want all y'all to know, you go in the sanctuary at five in the morning by yourself, it is spooky, <laughs> spooky, spooky. So it took me a couple of weeks just to get comfortable because I'd hear noises and I'd turn around and ready to do my ha And I went and sat by myself at five in the morning and I want to tell you what I heard. We'll practice it right now. Five in the morning, pencil in my hand, 28 years old, pad my paper. And I said, shh. I heard, the, I heard the furnace. I heard furnace. Heat's working. 
little kid. I didn't hear any kids. I, that's what I heard. I heard nothing. I heard creaking every now and then. One of the things that creak, or I think I heard a footstep. Jesus is in here. I mean, it was freaky. It was freaky. So I went back to her after a couple of weeks of this. I walked in. Mary, hi, Dan. Have you been doing it? Yes, ma'am. What have you heard? Furnace. I heard a bird chirp one morning when I was walking in there. She said, okay. I said, I'm not hearing him. She said, do it again. Okay. I'm going to make a long story really short for you. Nine months. I sat in that sanctuary for nine months and heard nothing. I'm not kidding you. It was the longest thing. I was sitting there. I'd get up at five in the morning and get ready thinking to myself, what am I doing? I ain't hearing nothing. I ain't got no eggs. Ain't no chickens been in that sanctuary yet. Nine months. A birthing time, huh? Nine months. And nine months into it, one morning, 5 a.m., sitting there by myself, pad of paper, pencil, I felt very clearly in my spirit, Dan, you have been holding a grudge against, wrote the man's name down, you need to go see him and apologize. Very clear. Dan, you have been holding a grudge against, name of the man, go see him and apologize. I remember thinking, this ain't starting good. I'm looking for a chicken and I'm getting some apologies. And I remember going to her and I walked in and I said, hi Mary. She goes, did you hear anything? I said, Mary, I finally did. Well, nine months. She said, what did you hear? And I said, well, there's a guy I've been holding a grudge against and the Lord showed me I need to call him and ask him to forgive me. She, all she did, watch, watch my face, all she did was, I said, why are you smiling? She said, God's about to clean you up. I was like, you're serious? Yeah, Dan, there's going to be a lot more of that. Because before you ever really hear his voice, he's got to get you clean. I'm like, so, so you've been setting me up, I'm going to go back in there, he's going to give me more names? Probably. Because you can't really hear from the Lord until you're clean. I want to tell you, I heard more things about things I needed to do than I wanted to hear. There was one person the Lord told me I needed to call the guy and apologize to him. I'm Lord. I said, Lord, he doesn't even know me. I'm going to call up a dude I don't know and say I'm sorry. Correct. <laughs> he doesn't know me. He doesn't even know I might not like him. You're going to call him. Okay. And I want to tell you what happened. For a long time, it got to a point where my assistant at the church would literally say to me on Tuesdays, who are we calling today, Dan? It was like that. It wasn't good. But see, the Lord had to clean up a cocky youth pastor who thought he knew everything. And the way he had to do that was get me alone and talk to me. And let me tell you, 
After I did what I felt the Lord had laid on my heart, listening to him and obeying what he told me to do, I want to tell you guys something. I want to just tell you what happened. I felt so stinking free. I remember when I was like, I got, I'm clean. I, I don't even have anybody I need to call right now. I, I'm clean. So some of you know right now that there's somebody in your spirit, if, if, you, if you even sat and thought for just a second that you go, I got a grudge against him. That's just not right. But I words, you know, we, we, can, we can turn our focus on worship and get off what we got to do. But to go deep with God, you got to be clean before God. And this is how the Lord began to do it with me. And I want to tell you, I would have rather read my Bible and prayed. Because it wasn't fun apologizing. Nobody likes to go, oh, can I just apologize to three people? No, we don't. That's not the way we wake up. Because it's cleaning us up. And what I begin to realize is when you really hear and really understand and hear from the voice of God, you're quiet about it. Like, like the Lord would lay things on my heart. And it wasn't like, hey, let me tell all y'all what the Lord told me. I have people sometimes, and I, I want to be very reverential here because some of you feel you hear things from the Lord. But as a pastor, I got to tell you that sometimes when people come up to me and say, God told me, my first thing is, can you be real careful with your next words? Because when somebody says God told him something, that's pretty serious. I mean, I had a lady round the corner in church, like Rez here. I finished preaching and walking off the stage. A lady rounded a corner and she went, oh! And I was like, hi, hi, how are you? I said, why did you do that noise? She goes, oh, I, God told me you are going to die. And I was like, can you, can you not? Can you, can you just keep walking and not say that? I don't think that's God talking to you. I think you just whacked out. Because when you hear something from the Lord, it's not like you go out and say, you just, you kind of, listen. When you hear from the Lord, it's very reverential. Hearing from the Lord's not, I heard from the Lord today. No, no, it's God spoke to me and I'm honored that he would even speak into my life. And I want to show you something tonight. I want to know, I want to I put a little thing up here. I call it how I know I'm hearing God's voice, Okay. Because a lot of people say, I heard from God today, and I want to show you how you can kind of affirm that you probably are. Here they are. Very simple thoughts. The first one is this. Go ahead and throw it up, guys. The first one is this. If it's God's voice, it puts God's agenda first. It's not about you. Just remember that. When you hear from God, it won't be that you go, oh, and that's going to make me look good. Nope. It's going to make God look good. I had a guy come up to me after service um, at a men's event I was speaking at. And he said to me, uh, Dan, God has spoken very clearly to me. And I said, okay, what did he say to you? He said, well, my wife doesn't look as nice as she used to and I've found a prettier woman and God has told me very clearly I'm to leave my wife and marry that woman. This is literally, a guy said that to me. And I said, I wanna tell you something. I just wanna tell you a little bit about yourself. You're an idiot, I said that. You're an idiot. <laughs> that ain't God. I'm serious. You're an idiot. That's not God. Because, see, we really, we love to move into this thing where it makes us look better or do what we want to do. That's not God. No, self dies and God is exalted. And for those of you who are a little older in here, you totally get what I'm saying. As you die, as you get older, the things of this world lose their appeal. 
because it's not about me anymore, it's about God. I remember my mom, toward the end of her life, I said to her, Mom, is there anything in the world I can get you? And she said, I don't want anything else of this world. I just want to go on to heaven. See, you know that you're going the right direction when self is dying and God is exalting. So check yourself. When you say, I'm hearing from the Lord, make sure you're honoring him. Now, there are times that's going to bring pleasantries to your life. Absolutely. No problem with that. But just make sure it's God's agenda and not your agenda. Secondly, one of the things I do to really make sure I'm wise in this area is, number two, I run my thoughts past godly mentors. Now, I want you to note something. Look at that little sentence. To do this, you've got to have a godly mentor. Have somebody in your life you look up to. I have some people in my life who are in their 70s who have honored God with their life. That's who I run my thoughts. Literally, when I feel like the Lord is speaking to me about something, I will go to them and I will say to them, hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this into my life. Can I just run it by you? Because I don't want to turn into somebody who goes by their own agenda and all of a sudden, they, there's a guy who did that. Remember the Jim Jones? He said it was all God. Well, we all know it wasn't. And so I'm just saying to you, you don't want to turn into Jimmy G. Jones. You want to be an honoring of God. And so one of the ways you can do that is godly mentors will assist you and guide you and help you. Some of you right now are trying to make a decision in life. You don't know exactly how to do it. Seek out a godly mentor, someone you respect, someone you look up to. Ask the Lord to guide you. Listen for his voice. And when he shows you something, go ask him and say, does this align with honoring God with my life? And they'll tell you. That's pretty easy to do. But you got to have somebody that's a godly mentor. The third thing is, understand that uh, you can't put a time frame on it. I want to tell y'all this is really big. We like time frames. Lord God, I want to serve you, and here's the deal. I got a big decision I got to make, and I need to know what to do by Thursday at noon. God isn't in heaven going, oh, that's right, Thursday's coming, I gotta hurry. God, God doesn't wear a watch. He doesn't even have a Fitbit. He doesn't sweat that stuff. He, beginning to end, God. And let me, let me show y'all something. You guys are gonna be really interested in this story. You're going, you are going to love this story. You know my story with my daughter, Anna. Jane and I have shared that with you. We have been through a lot of pain. She is home, praise God. She's working at the Boys and Girls Club, doing well. Continue to pray for her, for her to grow in the Lord. But when this all started, hard for me to say this or believe this, five years ago, I remember the day that Anna decided she was done with our family and was moving and leaving. Painful day. Me and that girl sitting right there cried. Watched her drive away in her little white Jetta. Painful day. I believe if I recall it was a Tuesday, which I, Tuesday mornings, I still go by myself and pray in the morning. So it was one of those days I'd already prayed to the Lord and now I'm after having my prayer time with the Lord watching my daughter drive away. 
Not a lot of money in her pocket. Wondering if she'd ever come back. And in my listening time, listen carefully. I have a listening time. I have it almost every day. Probably do every day. I just, probably there's some days I don't always get it in as long as I want, but I have a listening time. And in my listening time, the Lord showed me very clearly. Listen, listen, listen to me. The Lord spoke into my spirit. She's going to come home before you preach at Res Life. I was scheduled to preach at your church, main service, that Sunday morning, five years ago. Okay? I was scheduled to preach at Res Life. That Tuesday was happening. That Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, actually Saturday night service first, and then Sunday morning, I was scheduled to preach at Res Life. And I remember, thank you, Lord. You're saying she'll come home before I preach at Res Life Sunday. And so thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm praising him and everything else. And, and I'm driving to Res on Saturday night, and she's not home. And I was like, oh, he meant Sunday morning. I'm good at tomorrow. I preached here. Probably didn't say a lot about all this, but I was hurting. Preached the sermon. Came Sunday morning. Anna's not home. I got to tell you what I thought in my spirit. Maybe I don't hear God like I think I do. Maybe I'm just missing something here because I felt like the Lord very clearly said to me, she's going to come home before I preach at Rez Life. See, I had put the time frame on what preaching at Rez Life meant because for me, it needed to be Sunday. Four years after that. Four years! Did you hear that? Let me scream it. Four years later. My daughter came home. I remember her coming home. I remember us talking. I remember her sitting there. I remember thinking, my goodness, kill the fatted calf. The girls come home. And here's what, listen, 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 just listen a second. That Sunday I was scheduled to preach at your church on Sunday morning. And I'm driving over here. And as I'm driving over here, the Lord said, you almost stepped up. <laughs> Very clearly in my spirit, the Lord said, hey, psst, hey, Dan, do you remember when I said she'd come home? I was like, Lord, are you, you didn't tell me for years. <laughs> yeah, but Dan, you put a time frame on it. I said she was going to come home before you preach at Res Life on Sunday. Bless you. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes, years, and I'll sit right here, and I think Jane would confer, concur, longest four years of my life. But you know what happened in that four years? Deeper, stronger, more trusting in this word than ever because he called me deeper in him. And I wouldn't have got that if she was coming home on the Sunday that I wanted her to come home. And so some of you sitting in here today are dealing with something 
and you've been praying about it a long time, I'm hoping one of the things that happens in that sermon, you are re-energized to stay faithful. Don't you dare give up. Satan's tool is discouragement. He'll try to defeat you. Man, I was ready to quit. I didn't, want, I didn't want to preach anymore. I was tired. Four years into this thing, I'm leading, winning at home, but I don't even know where my daughter is. Hello? Be faithful. Don't put a time frame on God because he's not looking at his watch. In fact, he might be just going, you know what? I was going to do it a little quicker, but since you're in such a hurry, nah. Let's wait a little more so you can go deeper. I don't know. And the final little thing I'd like to say to you is this. Obedience is the key. When the Lord lays something in your heart, obey. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And egg to a neighbor, do it. Gotta tell you real quick. Bernie, can I finish real quick? Let me just tell you the you guys know we did that event called Wake Up in Highland here back in May. The Lord blessed it. had four nights. The last night, all Spanish. About 10,000 people came to it. 600 plus people came to know Christ. Let me tell you a story. I was going hunting two Novembers ago. Two Novembers ago, okay. I was going hunting up north on November 15th. It was the 14th I was driving up. Stopped at Kmart to get my Coke and my jerky. And I'm going out of Kmart, getting in my car. Got another about 20 minutes to drive to where I go hunting. And I walked out the door, and there was a dude sitting by the wall on the side of the door, and the Lord had spoken to my spirit, give him 20 bucks. And I looked at him, he was eating fine, he had a nice clothes on, I was like, no, he's fine. I saved my 20 bucks for another Coke. Got my car. Still felt that little spirit tugging at me. Now, don't, don't, don't drive by everybody and feel guilty for this. I'm just talking about what the Lord has spoken to my spirit, okay? Just give the guy 20 bucks. I don't feel that all the time. But I felt, give him 20 bucks. And I actually said, Lord, he doesn't need it. He's eating already. He's fine. Very clear, give him 20 bucks. Got my car. Got back on one, uh, 31 North, kept driving, drove about five miles. Give him 20 bucks. It's like, Lord, I'm, I'm up the road now. Won't you hit up somebody else that's back there at Kmart? They can do it. You gotta have one of your kids walking around in there somewhere. Bernie's over in that area, he'll drive over. Dan turned the car around and drive back to Kmart. Seriously, Lord, my buddies are waiting. We're going to get fried pickle spears here in about 20 minutes. Go back and give him 20. Turned my car around, drove all the way back, pulled in the parking lot. Doggone guy is still sitting there against the wall. I pulled up to him, rolled my window down, said, hey, dude. He said, yeah. I said, I'm supposed to give you 20 bucks. And he said, that's cool. <laughs> I said, well, here, take and get you some more food. He said, okay. I handed it to him. Have a good night. You too, sir. Drove away. I'm back on 31 North. Seriously, I'm with the Lord talking, going, Lord, why'd you want me to give him 20 bucks? Listen to what the Lord spoke in my spirit. Ready? This, this, this still gets me. Because, Dan, this is what I felt. 
I'm about to ask you to do something that's a lot bigger, and I just need to check and see if you can do the little thing for me. Oh, my. So up there in that hunting blind, sitting by myself, the Lord laid that wake-up event on my heart. And he said, Dan, I want you to start a citywide revival there in the West Michigan area. I want you to call people to Jesus. This is why I needed you to give that guy 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? It's like a little egg. And I'm saying to y'all in here tonight, just obey him. When he puts something on your heart, you don't know where it's going to go. Just obey. My mom taught me a little song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Lord, help us to do that. Speak to us. Talk to us about eggs and $20 bills. We, 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 we probably are more interested in calling me to do wake up and big events, but what you're looking for is day-to-day obedience at the drive-thru, at the new Chick-fil-A, at work, with a coworker, maybe even a piece of sin in our heart right now that you're trying to clean up. Forgive us. Help us learn how to listen so we can get to that next level in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.